0: Welcome to a new world of entertainment. The ultimate entertainment platform. Featuring Mike Winkler. From Kahneman Games, Jeremy Larson. Jason Kabasic. and Martin Houston. Created by friends. We feature live discussions on Facebook, Twitch, and YouTube. In-depth podcast discussions. Gaming Streaming. and written reviews subscribe to our podcast and visit our site for more info
1: welcome to lights camera action entertainment on this episode of our podcast we break down our best worst and most disappointing films of 2021 Welcome in, everybody, to Lights, Camera, Action, Entertainment. Happy New Year. In a lot of cases, not so much Happy New Year, but Happy New Year from all of us at Lights, Camera, Action, Entertainment, trying to entertain you through the pandemic of the last two years.
2: Yeah, we're trying our best. We can't always
1: do a good job, but hey, we're doing what we can. We do what we can, and we, uh, we try to entertain you the best that we possibly can. Uh, but tonight's episode, Jason and I decided to do the best and worst and most disappointing films of 2021. There were lots yeah, in each we're, category.
2: We're continuing uh, what we did. I think It was probably a couple years ago is when we last did our episode on this. Uh, figure we're going to try and do this as
1: a yearly thing. Yeah, I mean, it's a good episode to do. I mean, there was a lot of best films, there was a lot of bad films, there was a lot of disappointing films, and uh, we'll start from January all the way through December, and we'll find out which ones we agree on and which ones we don't. It's always fun.
2: Exactly. So, where do we start?
1: Well, January didn't have much to offer. The only one that really stood out to me was um, The Little Things with Jared Leto, Denzel Washington. You remember that one that came out? Murder Mystery? Yeah, yeah, I did. You know, that film actually was disappointing to me because based on the trailers, I expected something a little bit more twisty, turny, and a big payoff at the end. And I felt like that the movie never peaked. It ran at one, one level and never got here. It just stayed at one level and never got to the point where it was interesting enough to be a movie that I'd go back and rewatch.
2: Uh, I have to agree with you on that one.
1: Mm-hmm. And Jared Leno You
2: brought up all the points, too.
1: Yeah, Jared Leto's performance was excellent. Don't take that away from him. But I was expecting more to happen with his character, and it just never got to that point.
2: No, I, and you do have a point. Like, we can't blame Jared Leto's performance on this one. He did what no. he could with the role that he had and how it was written. Right.
1: No, I mean, he was good with this what he one, was given. This one, I think,
2: falls solely on directing and um, writing issues.
1: Yeah, just a screenplay that just felt like it went nowhere and then a big payoff was supposed to be, spoiler warning, that, uh, you know, Leto was killed and that, you know, Denzel's past, you know, with hiding it and this and that. To me, that wasn't all that shocking. I kind of got that vibe from Denzel throughout the film that he didn't exactly play it by the book. Well, yeah. So it wasn't, it wasn't a surprise. So to me, the whole movie just kind of felt like a wasted opportunity.
2: I mean, it, it really was.
1: But, so, first movie of the year we're Um, talking about? Already disappointing. And, do you remember that movie, uh, Wrong Turn, that came out? Wrong Turn. That was was a remake, correct?
2: Uh, I'm looking right now to, yeah, it's a reboot from the Wrong Turn film series.
1: Yeah, I didn't see the remake. Did you see it?
2: I saw it, and I have to agree with the sentiment that the reviews all say it was a bunch of mixed reviews Mm -hmm. uh it's it wasn't bad for you know it being a reboot of a horror franchise considering we've seen what horror franchises have done as reboots or remakes or continuations from however long ago and it was it was good but in the sense that a horror film is good
1: it seemed like it was a little bit more high budget compared to the other one.
2: Uh, this, it does not have a budget listing here from what I saw, but the, I, it didn't make a lot of money at all in box office. Now hmm. to be expected, considering this released in January this year or yeah. 2021. And you know, everyone was all mainly stuck inside at that point. Yeah.
1: No real box office numbers. Theaters were mostly shut down. It probably, it probably went mostly more to streaming. Uh, I know the little things. It was mainly an HBO Max release because of it. I remember Denzel and, and the filmmakers being pissed that it became that. But considering how that film ended up, I think it was better being a streaming release than in the theater. No, I agree. So okay, so January's pretty thing. I, not much to really talk about there. If we go into February, um, looking through, oh. Yeah, I'll talk about this one very briefly. Being a Tom and Jerry cartoon fan as a kid, I was initially looking forward to a live-action adaptation of this, but if I would have known that it was going to turn into what they made, I would have said, forget it, make it animated fully.
2: This, this is going up there on one of my worst of 2021.
1: Unfortunately, yes. Um, it just was cheesy, over-the-top, just... Uh, I don't like the fact either that if they were going to make a live action Tom and Jerry film, why wouldn't you make Jerry and, and Tom look more lifelike than making them look like the cartoons in a live action world?
2: Well, it's just like Space Jam and a lot of those, and like Who Framed Roger Rabbit at all those kind of films that have the live action to them, but the cartoon is strong still. Yeah. Like it's, you can't expect it to be more like, real life at that point because they got to keep at least some aspect of the original film or the original series that they're basing it off of.
1: That's the one thing I appreciated in the Alvin and Chipmunks movies is that they at least made the attempt to make them look like chipmunks. They didn't go fully cartoon with it. They kind of found a happy medium. Yeah. Um, I kind of wish they might have would have found that here, but that's not even the worst aspect of the film. It's just, there's there's just so it much. Just
2: was, it was just overhyped for even a yeah. little bit of hype that it did get. It wasn't good at all.
1: No, it just, it, it wasn't that funny. Uh, the performances from the live action cast, they're just flat and just, it feels like they're acting in front of a, a, basically a green screen ball that's supposed to be Tom and Jerry. And it just doesn't work in a film like this.
2: I have to agree with you on that one. So I think we're in agreement so far with pretty much everything that we've stated. Two for two. Um Really, there wasn't a whole lot else in February that really stands out. What about you?
1: No, the one other film in February that I did see was Land. Uh, that film is not going to be for everybody. It's a very artsy film. The only thing I will say about it is is that the performance by Robin Wright, who we know from Forrest Gump playing Jenny, her performance is excellent. She also directs the film, which is also good. So I will give it okay, credit I'll for the simple give, fact. I'll have to give it a that. check
2: then to see because I didn't even know about this film.
1: Yeah, it's got a lot of it's got a lot of uh, meaning of life kind of feel to it. Um, it's only an hour and twenty five minutes, so it's a quick watch. Um, yeah. But her, her her performance alone makes it, I think, worth the watch because she's just really good. Okay, I'll definitely have to give it a watch then. All right. So into March, anything stand out for you?
2: Well, let's start right from the get go
1: here with the beginning of the month coming to America. Okay, I, I gotta hear your thoughts on this because I wanna see if we're on the same page. I think it was
2: I think it was nostalgic and cute that they decided to do a sequel. Um let me check to see a oh, back from well, actually almost God, it was probably like thirty-five years ago at least at this point from 84, when...
1: 85, I think, something like that. Yeah,
2: so it's been over thirty-five years since the original movie came out. Mm-hmm. So it was nice that they decided to do a sequel to it, I guess. But the fact that they did it 35 years later when people watched, just watched that movie for the nostalgia of, you know, back when Eddie Murphy was in his prime.
1: Yeah. Too little too uh, late.
2: It's, it's, it's too little too late. Like, I think it was poor timing on top of the pandemic If they would have done this a few years earlier, like done a 30th anniversary release of uh, the original film and, you know, had done like a month later or something like that, you know, hey, we've got the sequel coming out. Then I think it would have worked out a little bit better. More hype, more build up. But I just I, I was really disappointed with this film.
1: Yeah, you know, going into it... I don't know if
2: I'd put it in my worst of of the year, but it was definitely a disappointment.
1: Yeah, I'd say disappointment too. Going into it, you know, I'd I'd watched the original again for the first time in a while, and the original has so many iconic classic scenes, and the one thing I felt that this film fell into was it was trying too hard to duplicate some of the classic moments instead of making new ones.
2: Exactly.
1: You know, the barbershop scene, it felt like, oh, we're going back there just for nostalgic purposes. Did he have to go back there in the second movie? No. no. It was forced.
2: No, I, exactly. I agree.
1: So, yeah, another disappointment, and this is another sequel, and and there are sequels this, in this, this year especially that, unfortunately, were filled with some disappointments. We'll get to more of those later. Um, but moving on to, um, oh, Zack Snyder's Justice League. Hmm.
2: This was a very, very underrated film.
1: Yep. I'm glad to hear you say that.
2: It, I wasn't going to give it a shot just because I just DC cannot do films like Marvel can. They, yeah, do, better on the on, they do better on the TV show quality that, on production than they do uh, films. But this, especially after watching the director's cut... Then the extended version of this film, Mm -hmm. I I have to say that this movie was highly underrated.
1: Highly underrated. This is the version that Warner Brothers should have put out from the get-go. I don't know if it would have been four hours with release, but this was the version we should have saw. This was the version that I think was very much close to on the same level as the first Avengers film. I think that it did it justice, and no pun intended, uh, but uh, this is easily one of the best of 2021. This is up there. This is a great I gotta, film. i got to
2: put it up there as well.
1: The special effects were better. The story was the better. Cinematography, how they
2: out. The cinematography and what they filmed in was uh, was amazing.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I can't believe how much really that first version really butchered this whole thing. It really butchered it to Are hell. Are you really
2: surprised, though?
1: No. Studio influence plus bringing in another director to chop up and do rewrites, it never works. It never no, works. not at all. So I'm not surprised, but this is a fantastic film. And do not let your opinion of the first version of Justice League stir you away from watching this one because this film is 10 times better than that piece of trash.
2: If you guys haven't seen the Zack Snyder cut of Justice League yet, please just give it a one watch at the very least. Just watch it once, give an honest opinion afterwards,
1: process it, tell us what you think after you've seen it. Basically, if you have the original Justice League in your collection with other DC films, toss that bitch out, go pick up this one, and put it back in that slot, because that one deserves to be in there over that other one. Exactly. So, okay, so we have our first Best of the Year. Uh, congratulations to Zack Snyder's Justice League for making our list of best one of the best films of the year. We've got
2: <laughs> another one at the very end of March here that I we think we're both going to be talking about. Godzilla vs. Kong.
1: I'm going to have to say that I have not watched the whole thing yet. Really? I've owned it for a while, and I started it, and I got tired and fell asleep, and I have not gone back to finish it. So this one's all you. you got to tell me what you thought. (sighs) Okay,
2: so I have a question for you on this one. Okay. How much of a fan were you of... The Godzilla series in general or the Godzilla lore and the King Kong lore, all of that. watching the old movies watching or cartoons anything.
1: Um, I probably know more about Godzilla than actually King Kong. My King Kong whole thing just comes from watching the previous films like the Peter Jackson and then the original Godzilla so, I know a little bit more about. I didn't have to
2: say the movie was really good. Mm-hmm. The ending was disappointing.
1: Mm, don't give it away to me, but why was it disappointing?
2: You'll see. I can't say without giving it away.
1: Now, my question is, I, I know with it this just, film that we
2: building just, the universe. But we know how we've discussed and how we've reviewed in multiple cases and how we've stated in so many different episodes of our podcast over the last few years mm-hmm. that the ending of a film can make or break a movie. Very true. This went from being a really good movie to disappointing.
1: There's one specific film I have on my worst of two on 2021. I'm one already going to agree with it.
2: you on this one. I can already yeah. tell you which one it is, and we're both going to agree.
1: Yep, we'll, we'll get um, to that when we get to October. But, yeah, I know how you feel about that, because it's sad. So, so basically, I know they were universe-building here, because I know like Kong Skull Island... Building. Yeah, and got the first two Godzillas were all one universe. So does this movie end with the universe continuing or coming to a firm end?
2: Uh, I will let you go ahead and decide on that one. I'm not mm. going to say.
1: Interesting, because I, I asked that question because I have heard nothing on any sequels since that movie came out, like I did with the other ones.
2: I will let you go ahead and think on that one.
1: Okay. I'll, I'll get back to you on that and I'll let I'm you know my gonna thoughts. I'm not going to
2: put it on my worst, but it is definitely a disappointing. Wow, okay.
1: I'm so su- I'm actually just and surprised, and that's because of the ending. So the so the, so basically everything was good up to the last what five ten fifteen minutes. Probably the last half hour. Oh, wow, last half hour, and that movie is not even like barely two hours too. Like the other ones were like two and a half. Or the yeah, other guys. So was uh, I half,
2: wasn't. But... I wasn't a fan of how it ended. So.
1: Oh boy, now I'm going to go into that. already feeling bad about the ending. Okay, well.
2: So we hit April now.
1: We hit April. Um, one movie I saw on this list, I saw it on video when it came out, uh, was Voyagers uh, with a brief appearance from Colin Farrell. And it's, it, it's about all these kids that go onto a a ship. They're like the last survivors of Earth. Colin Farrell teaches all these kids to basically be the future of humanity. And he decides to go with them. It ends up backfiring. They're giving these kids uh, th- this medicine to suppress their uh, their sexual drive an animalistic type, you know, instincts. So when they spot, when the, when the kids finally find out that, that that's happening to them, they stop taking it. And of course, all kinds of craziness ensues. This film, it's not as intense or on the edge of your seat as, as I thought it was going to be, but there was something kind of cool about it though, because it was kind of like a story that kind of had been done before, but it was done in a way that hadn't been done before. It's kind of a mix of both. Okay. And and the way they they did it, I actually thought it was interesting, intriguing and actually pretty good. Surprising. All right. Is that something that I should give a watch or Um, yeah, I mean it, again, it's only an hour and 40 minutes, so if you're just looking for an hour 40 sit down, it's worth the watch. Where would you put this on your list? Um, I don't know if I would put it on the best of 2021 cuz I'm putting kind of a high stake in that category but it's one of the surprisingly good films of 2021 okay all right so i know which one's next the, i'll let you do near the honors. the
2: end of april here we got a film that i had been looking forward to since the original films since The games had been redone, remastered, and remade back for the PlayStation
1: 3. The Mortal Kombat film. Which we did do a podcast episode on, so if anybody wants to listen to that, listen to it, and you'll know exactly where we feel on this one. But here's a little spoiler. We both loved this film. Uh, This is easily in my best of. Yeah, this is surprisingly in the best of 2021. When this year started, I wasn't sure that we would even be talking about it on the best list, but it is. It is.
2: It it for
1: sure is.
2: Again, I'm not the biggest of fans, I guess you could say, of um, Cole.
1: Yeah, he was a little little disappointing,
2: the way he was done. Everything else about this film was done really well.
1: The fatalities were excellent. The fact that they actually showed the fatalities. Yeah, they didn't shy away from it like I thought they might do. So, yeah, I definitely say you guys should give this a watch. Most definitely. This is worth the watch. Um, This definitely goes up there as one of the best video game adaptations. And let's let's be honest, there's not many good ones. There's, there the, the, really aren't. No, the list is very small, but this is a part of that list. And I'm still waiting for a sequel announcement that we have not gotten. I don't know what's up with that.
2: Well, also, mind you, it also just came out back in April, so we True. might end up getting an announcement here soon. But you never know. The last actually, thing let me I... check real quick on the
1: numbers, see if it hasn't
2: listed here.
1: The last thing I heard was they were considering doing a sequel that was going to be an HBO Max, Max exclusive, which is fine. I I would. Take I'd be that. perfectly
2: fine with that. Uh, I've actually got numbers here for you. So the budget for the film was fifty-five million, and the box office numbers were eighty-three point six. So the film grossed almost uh, thirty million. That's pretty good. It may not be good. the numbers that they were expecting, but the fact that they still grossed as much as they did, you'd think that, especially considering you had HBO Max as well that it released on. Right. You figured that they, with that much of, I guess, a positive, a positivity. To people viewing it, you'd think right. you would have already gotten it, but hopefully, we'll end up getting an announcement for a sequel coming up here.
1: Well, I heard when it came out, they were they were they were happy with the numbers. The streaming numbers were really good, um, and it, again, it was during the pandemic, so the numbers were not going to be great. No movie this year really did great, really, except for Spider Man, still did did fantastic. But we're talking end of the year; it's a little different. But um, I, I think it did well enough. I think we're going to see something come out of it. Even if it's an HBO max movie, I think we'll get something we exactly. have to. So another one added to the best of list. Congratulations, mortal combat. Uh, anything uh, this else? This
2: one I will talk about only because I watched this enough times with my roommate and his kid. And mm-hmm. that's the uh, Mitchell's versus the machines. I thought it was a surprisingly good film. And I, it's, okay. It's a cute kids film. It does really, it, it brings a whole aspect of family life and everything involved in there. You know, a uh, family that argues quite a bit can be brought together for some, for what reason or another. So I, I, I it's not, obviously not going to be on my best of list, but it was a surprisingly good film. Surprisingly good cartoon slash family film.
1: And the thing of it is, too, is that, like, even kids' films nowadays have become a dime a dozen, which ones that are actually decently are able to watch. And that's kind of refreshing to hear that there was one there that was still pretty good, because we haven't been getting many good ones lately. Yeah. So, okay. So that's on the surprisingly good list for you? Yeah. Okay, cool. All right, so we move into May. Uh, Nothing in the beginning that I've seen
2: uh nothing here is really standing out then we get into mid-may and oh, yeah. let's talk about we've got two films that are in mid-may that came out may 14th also mind you mm-hmm. and both of them i would have to say probably might be hitting off on my worst of
1: um i can definitely agree i think we're both kind of in agreement a little bit on spiral yeah, uh, Spiral was one of them. Um, you didn't. I'm guessing you didn't like Army of the Dead. No, really. What no. didn't you like about it?
2: It was cheesy. I did not like it whatsoever. It, was, it there was there was no real redeeming qualities of that movie, minus the fact that you had Dave Bautista in there. So you had Drax the Destroyer as one of the main people in the film. But I, you can't rely on one actor to save a doomed film from the beginning.
1: Well, that's true, and and I had, if anything, this would be kind of disappointing. I wouldn't put on the worst, but it's disappointing because coming from Zack Snyder and knowing what he did with Dawn of the Dead, Dawn of the Dead is probably one of his best films, if not his best film, and I had a lot of high hopes for this one to be as good as Dawn of the Dead, and it just wasn't. It, not at all. No, and they are they just greenlit a sequel as well called Planet of the Dead. For me, if there's no Dave Bautista, it doesn't work. And Dave Bautista, spoilers, dies at the end. I don't know who they get to play the lead role. That's gonna be as good as Dave Bautista was that carried the first film.
2: I don't know, uh, but it wasn't. E- I didn't think he I, he could only carry it so much. So how heavy the terrible fucking movie was.
1: Well, it was kind of all this, over the place.
2: This, I, I, this, why, well, I, I, this is on my worst of for a reason. So.
1: The only redeeming quality to this film was I liked the way the, some of the action scenes were shot, but that's about it, and that's just Zack Snyder's style. That's not something, you know, that's something specifically mind-blowing that was good. That's just his style. So yeah. even I can't give it that much credit for that. But yeah, I'll say disappointing for me. Worst for you, uh, Spiral. Worse. See, I'm kind of... Worst of. Uh, whereas I thought it was better than maybe a couple Saw films... We it still both, wasn't
2: We both had been hyping this movie up so much. We were getting hyped up, ready to watch this. And then time came to when we both ended up finally going to see it. I was so let down with how bad
1: this film was. The thing that bothered me was is I was expecting this to be more tied together with the Saw legacy and it was so loosely connected that to me they could have just called this movie Spiral, not put in any Saw references, and it would have been a completely different film.
2: Exactly. The fact that they put in the fact that this was tied into the Saw universe, I can't agree with at all. It was horrible. No.
1: No, it, it's it's upsetting because I don't think I think the Saw franchise is officially dead. I think it's done. Good. Let it die. I think it needs to die. I think after the final chapter it should have died. You know, but here we are you know, we're milking a franchise for all it's worth. That's what Hollywood does. And this is just another example of milking a franchise. So end it, be done with it. Exactly. So now
2: do we have anything else we want to discuss from May?
1: Oh, I do want to mention A Quiet Place Part 2. I, I did like the first one a lot. And the second one I was happy I to see. I have yet
2: to see the second one.
1: The second one is better than the first. Okay. It's much better than the first. Um, I like the, uh, some of the new characters they bring in. I like the way they advance the story, what they do with the original characters, and how it's going to proceed forward. Um, I kind of have more of a clear idea of where they want to go with this, where at the end of the first film, we really didn't know where it was going to go. But after this, we know, and I really want to see at least part three so we can finish the franchise properly. Because the end of this movie is another cliffhanger like the first. got a comment here, Mike. Second one is better. It is All
2: right, so I'm gonna have to definitely give it a watch.
1: Yep, it's worth the watch. Uh, there's more action in it too, and there's and there's probably more jump scares too. So it's it's definitely worth it. All right, that, I, I'm gonna add to the best one of the best of 2021 as well.
2: Okay, I, and that's enough proof for me. I'll have to definitely give it a chance.
1: All right, so let's move into June. Um, not seeing anything in the beginning of June that yeah. I've
2: seen. <laughs> Let's see here. Um, not really seeing it. Uh, get into about June 11th here. Another uh, movie that I constantly I watched on repeat with my roommate and his kid, mm-hmm. uh, Wish Dragon. It was a cute movie. It was essentially a different take on what you'd expect from like an Aladdin-style movie.
1: Oh, so it was kind of similar to the kind of way Aladdin's story is told? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I'm an we Aladdin we're following fan, so. like
2: Chinese lore, but it had the same sort of aspect of, you know, Three Wishes uh, from Magic uh,
1: Pot uh, slash Lamp. Mm-hmm. So, But oh, cool. it was a cute film. I'm an Aladdin fan, so I might actually like that. Um, June 15th, uh June 16th. I have not seen the Hitman's wife's bodyguard yet. I did see the first one. I bought Neither the second have one. I I've heard I have not watched good it. Good
2: things about it,
1: but It looks good. I just haven't I haven't watched it yet. So, uh that's something I'll have to kind of revisit and go back to to see how I feel. Um I'm looking through June. There's there's nothing really in June. I didn't realize there's really nothing no, in the there's month.
2: There's something in June that I know you'll talk about.
1: What am I missing? F Oh. F9. <laughs> Okay. Let the series
2: die already, people.
1: Okay, so surprisingly, I'm Disgusting. one of the ones I, I'm one of the ones that Furious 7 should have been the end of the franchise because with Paul Walker dying and the way that movie ended, it was the perfect way to bookend the franchise. It should have been done. Um Fast and Furious 8 was entertaining, but kind of almost in a way felt like felt a little useless to the whole scope of everything. Fast 9, surprisingly. What I did like about it was, is it went back and told the story of Dominic when he was a teenager with his brother, and and how he became Dominic Toretto that we know. And I liked that. I wish this is something that the series would have done a lot earlier, like in four or five or six. Mm-hmm. Um, I think nine films to tell this back uh, flashback story is way too long in a franchise that's gone on probably way past its prime. Um. And knowing that there's still going to be the final two films, 10 and 11 still, which I don't know why there's going to be two, 10 should be the end, especially since nine kind of feels like it's going that way to end it. Um, But this is far from a bad film. Um, It's still a good film. I'm not going to say it was one of the best of the year, but it it was still good. It was still good. I know, I know your thoughts on it. I, I, I'm
2: not going to put it on the worst of, just because it doesn't deserve that much, like that much bias hate. Still entertaining, but disappointing uh, all the same. But I can't even call it disappointing because it was exactly what I expected, and that was another <laughs> Fast and the Furious film, which that series should have died after Tokyo Drift.
1: Fast and the Furious never fails to meet expectations. Let's put it that way. Hey, you're not wrong about there, <laughs> but. We go into July. Yeah, things get a little interesting here in July. There's a couple right at the very is beginning. where
2: everything started picking up. So we yes. just had to wait for... Out of respect for Paul Walker, yes, I agree. They should have edited it. But the personally, yeah. I, I like I've stated before, and multiple times, and we'll probably state till the day I die, uh, this series should have ended after Tokyo Drift.
1: Tokyo Drift still one of my favorites. It still is. I like Tokyo Drift. And you know what? If it would have ended after Tokyo Drift, I would have been happy with it. I would have been satisfied. But. But So we
0: had to
2: wait for the second half of 2022 or 2021 rather for us to start getting a lot of film releases that caught our attention that we were waiting for films Mm -hmm. that we've been wanting to see for a while or films, things that just caught our eye out when we were in theaters And we saw the trailers for it, and we just like, you know what? Fuck it. We're going to go watch this. Yep. Yep, Yeah. So I get to that point. We weren't disappointed. And we started getting to the point where uh, people started coming in more and more into theaters. Again, Mm -hmm. we're going to start seeing more box office numbers popping up here that are going to reflect, you know, actually how well a film's going to do and whether or not it determines there's going to be a sequel or not to any of these. So, I'm really looking forward to getting into this back, back half now.
1: Yeah, we're getting into some interesting and we are films. We're
2: starting off right away, July second, the Forever Purge.
1: Yeah, um, I did not get to see this in the theater. I did watch it for the first time one night. I think about a month or two ago when it came yeah, out. I on didn't Blu-ray. get to see
2: it in the theater, but I did end up seeing it eventually a couple months ago.
1: Yeah, um, I've always been a fan of these films. I think that they've. Uh, they're not. They're not horror films. People like to refer to them as horror films. They're not horror films. They're not they're action not, films. They're
2: not action films. They're not horror films. They're somewhere in the middle.
1: Yeah, kind got a happy I'd, medium.
2: I'd almost feel like this is science fiction, in a, or not. Don't know. It's either science fiction or fantasy. It's one of those two. Mm-hmm. I don't know which genre I would put this in. Mixed with. A what if scenario mixed with the historical, what if scenario? Like what if this happened in our society nowadays?
1: You know, it's funny you say that. Cause by the time I got to the end of this film, I couldn't help but thinking, are we that far removed from this?
2: I know that's what made me keep constantly thinking about this um, thought process. So every time I watched these movies was how far away are we from this as a reality? How far away are we from something like, you know, The Hunger Games as a reality?
1: Yeah. I mean, this purge specifically hit a little closer to home because this one specifically felt like it wasn't too far off from being reality.
2: With all that being said, what did you think? Where would you put Um,
1: this? There were a lot of things I liked about it. Uh, Some things I felt like could have gone in a better direction, but it was still surprisingly good.
2: This is falling under a surprise hit for me as well. Yeah, these films I, never I disappoint. Was, I, they don't disappoint. I was expecting less than normal in coming out of this one, or going into this one rather, because you know at this point we had what four purge films?
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, actually five, because the first purge was the four, actually the fourth film. So this is the this is movie number five.
2: Yeah, so we had four purge films prior to this. Prior to this, correct? Yes. And at that, point, I was just kind of like, eh, maybe that after the first purge, they could have ended it there. After they really got to everything they needed to, I think after the third film, like the current storyline, yeah. And then them doing the first purge, I think, was a good way to you know get a backstory and an origin to how this came about. mm Hmm. So I wasn't really expecting a whole lot going into this, but yeah, I'd have to say this—I have to agree with you on this one, Mike. Uh, it was there was a lot of things they did right, some things they could have done a lot better and
1: uh, gone in a different direction, but all in all, this was a surprisingly good film. It was, and I was—I was concerned coming into this because the 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 first Purge, uh, the one that came out before this, ended up being my least favorite one of the four. So I was like, oh, I felt like it was going in a direction because that movie was just okay. Then you had the Purge TV series that was on USA that lasted two seasons, then got canceled. And I'm thinking, okay, so the series gets canceled. We had a mediocre movie. Where are we going with this?
2: So I got to ask you this. Are we both in agreement on which one we think is probably the best out of the series? Ooh,
1: I don't know. Um, My favorite one of the series, I like the third one a lot. The third one might be my favorite.
2: The first one for me.
1: The first one is good because it's kind of a film that just takes place in the house mostly, which is kind of cool.
2: I thought the first film was by far the best of them for a couple of different reasons. Mm-hmm. The first one being the guy that was the main, really the main antagonist of the film, Ethan Hawke. Yeah, that uh the young kid who is with oh, the yeah. group of people.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, it's an antagonist, not protagonist. Yeah, yeah.
1: I, I after I said that, I was like, Yeah, no, you're talking about the other guy. But yeah.
2: Something about him and the way he acted, like the facial expressions, the way he acted, to me almost reminded me of a young um
1: oh, young Hannibal Lecter. Um, yeah, 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 okay, I could go with that.
2: He uh, reminded me, yeah, he reminded me of a young Anthony Hopkins, almost.
1: Like if they would have done a prequel to Silence of the Lambs, he would have made a good young Hannibal. I think,
2: yeah, I think he could have done amazing in that kind of a role. Just something about the, the vibe that I got off him made me think that he could have pulled that off really well and done a great job with it.
1: I don't think I've like seen a, him in anything since then either.
2: And it's, it's disappointing to me.
1: It's kind of a shame.
2: And the other thing that made this, uh, you know, my favorite of the of the series was the fact that Ethan Hawke's character was actually killed off. Like, no one would ever expect the protag to be killed off it's true. the way that he did. Or right I didn't back, expect like, it. During the film.
1: Yeah, I didn't expect it at all, because really, the only other Ethan Hawke-type character we get in the rest of the series is uh, the guy from two and three, uh, yeah. that, and he's still alive. I've, I've heard, actually heard that they're talking about doing another purge film and he'll be the lead again, which I'm okay I with might, that. Cause I, I like his character.
2: Yeah. I'm okay with that. I want to see what they end up doing. If they continue the series at this point, if they do.
1: I mean, I felt as though, when I watched the third purge film, I felt like that was a good ending to the franchise. It had a good ending that I felt like, I think that was the intention to end the franchise there. But I think they realized that they had a little bit more in the tank I'm just hoping that we don't get to a point where we milk these films into Saw territory. So a Saw franchise, yeah. Yeah, because right now, The Forever Purge actually ended up being a worthy sequel to that third one. What I was concerned about was, is they were going to make a fourth film and force The Purge to start again, and it was going to feel like everything was just forced. But they actually did it in a way that actually made me buy it. I can agree. So yeah, that is actually, you're right. I think think that does go on one of the... uh, would that go on one of your best films, 2021 list?
2: It, it's a surprisingly, it might be like right near the bottom of my best of. but Borderline. It's, it, it, yeah, it's borderline there.
1: I can agree with that. It's hard for me to put it on that list officially, but it's very close.
2: And, and then not far off from that, we've got, let's see here. Uh, what did you think of Let Us In? Did you watch that at all?
1: I did not. Mm-mm. It
2: wasn't what did you a think horrible, it wasn't a horrible film uh the fact that it's a sci-fi horror film um for oh, like a uh, film being about a 12 year old girl who's ostracized in her small town for something she never did mm-hmm. and when there's a bunch of missing teenagers uh she along with her nine-year-old best friend step in trying to figure out what's going on like it's it was weird it wasn't bad like it was kind of in the middle, I wouldn't say it was a surprising hit, but it wasn't disappointing. It was kind of like in that middle ground to me for me.
1: Okay, interesting. So, so not bad. Yeah. Okay.
2: All right. And then right after that, we've got Black Widow.
1: Oh, I got to go back and do one real quick before we go too yeah. far down the line. So, did you see the Tomorrow War with Chris Pratt? No,
2: I didn't yet. This one. I've been one... meaning to watch that, and I've yet
1: to. This is a surprisingly good film. Um, I was a little concerned the first 20 minutes. I felt like we're rushing well, through... Well, because I
2: know that me and you had gone to a couple of movies that we... I think we saw the uh, trailers for trailer. this film. Yeah. And we didn't really know what to make of it.
1: No. Uh, like I said, the first 20 minutes, uh, I was a little worried because I felt like they were rushing through the storytelling. But then we found out there was kind of a reason for that, and then they started explaining everything, and the movie just... It, it does time travel really well and how they mix the the repercussions of the future with the past and the past and the future and how they okay. mix that together is really, is really cool and it's something that really we haven't quite seen in a time travel film before. Um, the final act is really good. Uh, the movie could end with this film but apparently Prime did announce they are going to do a sequel to it. There are franchise possibilities with it so I'm kind of excited to see where they're going to go next. So, in other words, it
2: was worth going to see.
1: Yeah, it's surprisingly good.
2: Mm -hmm. All right, I'll have to definitely give it a watch then. But, yeah, here we go into one of the more hyped films of the year, Black Black Widow. Widow.
1: Yes, this, um, (laughs) there's one thing about this movie that I still complain about. It's that this movie came out well past in the MCU that it should have. It should have come out a hell of a lot earlier.
2: For that reason alone, it's getting a, it, this was a disappointment of a film. Almost, almost strictly for that reason alone. Yeah. Because I mean... everything felt dated at that point. We should have gotten this. I, before even infinity war happened.
1: hmm Yes. Uh, I think it this takes place. A lot more sense. This takes place right after Civil War, I believe, correct? That's where it fits in?
2: Uh, yeah, this is where it fits in. Mm-hmm. So I we should have definitely gotten this a lot sooner. Uh, yeah. And, yeah. Because of events that had already happened prior and the fact that they waited this long to release a Black Widow uh, standalone film to explain her story and everything. After, you know, she jumped off a cliff. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to have to say that this is what this is a huge disappointment of a film.
1: Um I won't go as far as disappointment. I'll say it was I'll say it was good because if I ignore the fact of where it takes place, it's it, it still entertained me, but the things that does affect it of course is there's no real sense of consequence in the final act with her because we know her fate. Exactly. Um, that and that's a problem, but I the, the biggest thing in this film that I like is uh the, the 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 actress that plays her sister and the sister character she is great um she she alone makes the movie worth seeing and, and she alone makes it worth seeing where she's gonna end up and she's already appeared in Hawkeye and stuff and she'll probably become the new black widow to me the film she steals the film she steals steals the film from Scarlett Johansson Elena is her correct character's name correct Yelena I think so yeah Elena steals the film I, I, I think that that's really, truly who the title of the film really is about, is her. But
2: I, like I said, I just goes under my disappointments.
1: Okay, so as we get into July, now I get to one of my first really, not only disappointing, but bad films of 2021.
2: Oh boy, let's hear what we're going into.
1: Space Jam, A New Legacy. Worst, the
2: worst film of
1: 2021. It, this very well could be the worst film of 2021.
2: This this is at the top of my worst films of 2021. Yeah.
1: Um, a, when how oh. can
2: Le, how can you be at, how can you be yourself and still fail at acting?
1: Well, LeBron can't play himself. When we saw that in uh was like the other LeBron. movie he was in? Uh, I forget the one. The one that was with Amy Schumer where he played himself. I forget the name of that movie. Trainwreck, where he played himself in that movie. Trainwreck. Yeah, well, it fit the title because he was a train wreck in that, and he's a train wreck here.
2: The movie was such a horrible letdown. I I was expecting so much more from this film. I thought they could have done something great with the fact, you know, bringing LeBron in for a modernized Space Jam for people nowadays. And let's be honest here. This film was really made for us that have been around when the original Space Jam first came out. Mm Mm-hmm. And to see just how ridiculously bad that this film is.
0: It does so much wrong.
2: It rightfully earns its place at the fucking top of the
1: worst films. One of the only redeeming quality of this film. What? It's that the film actually uses jokes to poke fun at LeBron, which I found to be hilarious. That was the funniest parts of the movie when the, the jokes that were poking fun at LeBron. And... Yeah, there's just I don't I didn't care for the way they did the effects when they tried to modernize the look of the Looney Tunes. You don't do that. should um, have it should have stuck to the same formula as the original, and it tried to be too effects busy and try to be too flashy, and it should have just been basic. The, the Michael Jordan one is basic to the point and simple, and it worked because I don't know why it just it still works today. This film will be forgotten, whereas the original one will still be a classic 20 years from now.
2: Exactly. So, yeah. We have our thoughts on that. Yep. Um, okay. We're going to the next film that released the same day, and one that me and you have discussed thoroughly time and time again. Mm-hmm. Escape Room Tournament of Champions.
1: Yes, and before I get deep into that, I am still very upset that we have still not gotten a green light for escape room three. And I'm scratching my head as to why
2: I'm scratching my head as to why as well, especially after me and you had gotten the uh, director's cut copies Mm -hmm. of the film.
1: And we now know who's behind Minos. And that's the thing. It's like, Based on watching the theatrical, which you and I both loved, and then seeing the extended cut, which we felt like those scenes probably should have been in the theatrical cut, um, but doesn't hurt my opinion of the film in general. But I scratch my head and think, number one, which version of the film were we supposed to look at as being the actual film? To me, it's still the theatrical cut because that's the version that was officially released. Mm-hmm. So if they do make an escape room three, are we supposed to ignore everything out of the extended cut? Or are they just going to maybe take those scenes and put it in the new one and incorporate it in with the story of the new one? That wouldn't I be a bad way of could doing do it.
2: I do it that way.
1: Mm-hmm. It'd be doable, but at the same but time... I have to
2: say that this might be near my top of the list.
1: This is. This is one of the best of 2021. You and I loved the first film. Mm-hmm. We loved this one. And please, for the love of God, if we can make uh, nine Saw films, can't we at least make a third Escape Room to at least end the franchise? I don't know permanent note. I mean, come on, if we can get nine saws for the love of God. Give us at least a good conclusion to actual an actual good saw like film.
2: Exactly. I agree. We need to have a closure to this.
1: Yeah, we deserve it, considering that we get another cliffhanger at the end of this one that gives us no closure at all. Okay, um, going down the list. Uh, okay, I'll make mention of this one. I don't know if you saw it. I did see it on video last month. I ended up uh, getting it on Black Friday because it was cheap. Uh, and that's GI Joe: Origin Snake Eyes. Uh, I have yet to watch it. Okay, so this is far. This is far from. I want to say the worst because space putting it next to Space Jam. It doesn't deserve to be put next to that. There are some good things about this, but it also falls into some of the same mistakes that the previous G.I. Joe films made that people didn't like about those. Mm -hmm. And I think this was a chance at a fresh reboot and a fresh take to make things a little bit more serious and maybe a little bit of a darker tone on the G.I. Joe universe. They kept things still cheesy like they did in those G.I. Joe films. And I think, if if anything, this film was a missed opportunity to relaunch the franchise in a a better direction, and, and they failed at that.
2: So exactly like what I was thinking when we saw trailers for this. All right, good to know.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, if you're bored one afternoon, give it a watch, see what you think, but to sit there and say you have to watch it,
2: no. Good to know.
1: Okay, so down the list, uh, ladies and gentlemen, Dwayne Johnson's Jungle Cruise.
2: This was surprise. This I'm not putting this at the best of, but this was a surprising hit.
1: Yeah, well, you and I had, had some high hopes for it because you and I liked the trailers. We thought this film was going to be one of the good ones of the year, and, and, and we were we were dead on. It is one of the good ones of the year.
2: I think it was more so the fact that like, we just had to see just how exactly they were going to do this film that, that we were hyped up about it because it just seems so ridiculously out there.
1: It does when you think about it, based off a ride, nonetheless. You think how they're going to translate a, a Disney theme park ride into a movie and somehow make it work?
2: Yeah, but
1: they did. They did. They found they a did. good story. They made it
2: work. And I, I can't. I don't have any negative, real negative things to say about the film.
1: No, it's enjoyable. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing another one to see where they could go with another one. I liked the characters. Um, I am, I'm gonna say I didn't think it was possible that when Dwayne Johnson does a movie, a movie could actually get stolen from him. But I will say that Emily Blunt steals this movie. Oh yeah, definitely, she stole this film easily. This is this is an Emily Blunt film more than a Dwayne Johnson film, and I'm and I'm okay with that.
2: No, I am too.
1: So again, that's on the good part of our list, not quite on the best, but it's again that's another one that's close. That's close. Yeah. Um, anything else in July? I don't really have anything else in July. I don't either. So we move into August. And right off the bat. Suicide Squad. Worst. Worst of. You know, I don't know if this is more deserving of worst or or just really disappointing. Um, Considering that James Gunn from Guardians was going to do this, I already had high hopes. Thinking, you know, he's done so well with the Guardians films. And, you know, a lot of people were disappointed by the first Suicide Squad film, although I think there were still some good things to take away from it, you know, a la Harley Quinn, Margot Robbie. Um, But, you know, this direction kind of makes me scratch my head.
2: Yeah, this was, like I said, this was easily, I just said this before, I didn't really have high hopes for this film. I still ended up going to watch it. And it met my expectations of being bad. So First this of all, a good reason. Like this is one of the worst films. And you look on Rotten Tomatoes, you look at a lot of these reviews, they will sit there and agree with you. I mean, the box office numbers alone agree with you on, agree with this statement. A yeah,
1: 185,
2: 185, $185 million budget that they had a lot, which you'd expect Ooh. for a film like this. You'd expect it, yeah, especially with so some big names that you got it mm. lost almost 20 million
1: yeah and it probably it lost more red, with million it probably lost more with marketing costs too
2: 167.4 million was the box office numbers
1: that's worldwide that's box office yeah wow well i mean this again
2: was one of the, this was one of the biggest bombs of uh 2021.
1: The problem here is the movie was a little too over the top. Too much humor, number two. And number three, I couldn't help but laugh at that starfish-like villain at the end. Oh, God, I was yeah. like, why? I mean, it's in the comics, but not everything in a comic translates well to the big screen live action. No, it doesn't awesome at all. And this did not translate. It's like, why? Why would you pick that as your villain of all things? Yes, it's James Gunn. He's wacky. He, he goes crazy with stuff. But even Guardians of the Galaxy doesn't go that far with that.
2: No, not at all. Look what we had in the first two Guardians films. You had, I mean, it may have been some cheese. it might have been there might have been a lot of cheesy stuff, might have been a lot of wackiness, but you still had uh, Ronan uh, the Accused as your main villain in the first one. Mm -hmm. You had Ego, the living planet, as your villain in the second movie. Like, are you kidding me? Like well, They the- had some well-major-known villains in comic lore uh, as your main villains of those two films. Not mm-hmm. some wacky-ass starfish-looking thing as your main villain in this movie.
1: No. You know what I viewed it as? The starfish villain looks like something that belongs in Guardians of the Galaxy. Is kind of like one of those opening scene villains played up for comedy. That's what it felt like. It should have been in a Guardians film as an opening of the film for humor, not as the main villain at the end of the Suicide Squad that was trying to actually play it serious with that thing. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, wrong direction, and yet again we're in a situation where it looks like the only redeeming factor we have left of DC films may in fact only be Aquaman at this point.
2: No, I agree. Because
1: Wonder Woman 1984 disappointed? Uh, Superman looks like it's in limbo. Uh, I mean, DC's relaunching Batman a different way. Aquaman, there's no more DC EU anymore. It, it, it's gone.
2: No, there really isn't. And no. I'm honestly not surprised.
1: No. So, okay. So going back down the list. Oh. Well, we can't forget to talk about this one. Let's hear Ryan Reynolds and Free Guy. One of the best films,
2: this oh, is like my best yeah. of for this year. This Easily. film oh, it's
1: so good, it's so hilarious. The the, the premise, the story, everything. God, I work at the
2: bank, <laughs> the what just his tone the entire movie it made me laugh. The pro premise of the movie I thought was just amazing, and the fact that they did a film of an AI inside this GTS gta-esque style world you had some of the biggest streamers <laughs> video game streamers in the world participating in this film uh do, like they were being told to act like this was an actual game and all that stuff doing yep. all this they you had so much going for this film I, I, people i we had I, high expectations for this movie when we saw it just because of how much it made us laugh alone and
1: It met them and exceeded them. It did. The movie is perfectly casted. It's perfectly written. Uh, The the, the structure, the pacing, everything works. This movie needs a sequel, and it needs a sequel now. Yeah. It really does. And uh, this is easily one of the best films of the year. For anybody that would have any doubts about this film, if you don't have a sense of humor, you're probably going to hate it. But if you don't have a sense of humor, then... I won't even get into that, but this is one of the best films of the year. Yeah. No easily. question about it. No question about it. So, uh, yeah, it's really high up there. Um, we right, go from that. On our list to Don't
2: Breathe 2.
1: Yeah, this is going on one of my worst of the year.
2: I've been sitting here debating on this one from when we got to this.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I'm not going to put it in my worst of the year but it, really. it's
1: like borderline yeah um i mean it's a mixture for me for worse and disappointing cuz i liked the first one i thought the first one did so many things really well the way it was shot the way the story was the way how good um uh how good steven lang was and i expected i expected the sequel to this film to, to continue the storylines or, or of the original girl character they were going to somehow have her find her or something or have him find her And to go in this direction, I'm scratching my head as to, like, why do we even need a sequel then? Yeah. This could have been a prequel if they would have done it this way. A prequel, but this wasn't a prequel. So, what was the point of this? My question to the the writers is, what was the point? Why? I don't know. I don't know at all.
2: Uh, It was not it was it, it's not that good at all and like I said it's just borderline or on that cusp of being one of the worst for me
1: yeah yeah I, it's just hard for me i think I think I'm being harsher on it because the first film I thought was so good and this film just completely pales in comparison to the first one i don't I, to be mm-hmm. honest with you I don't even want to pretend that this one even exists I, I i the the first one's on my shelf and that's the only one that's staying on my shelf understandable Okay, uh, here's one that you and I went to go see that the trailers kind of got us and we didn't knew nothing about. The Protégé with Maggie Q and Sam Jackson and Michael Keaton.
2: This is up there on my best of.
1: Yep, absolutely.
2: Considering we had no idea what to expect of this film at all when we went to go see it, we really didn't have much of anything explained to us about this film before we went to see it. And same with another film that we're gonna get into uh, later on in the podcast. Uh, the, the going into this with no ex- no expectations, really, no understanding of what we're about to watch, yep. and for it to turn out the way it did.
1: Well, this is a film that w- when it when it came out, um, I wasn't too sure about it. But but you know, you 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 looked over at me when we saw the trailer, and you're like that looks pretty good. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I said I'm on board with this. And everything about this film just worked. I mean, I've always been a Maggie Q fan, just from from from, from the Die Hard film uh, all the way up to Nikita, which, by the way, Nikita is a completely underrated series, and everybody should watch that show. It is yeah. fantastic. Only on four years, it should have been on a lot longer, completely underrated. I
2: think the fact that uh, Maggie Q's acting, along with Michael Keaton playing the character that he did in this film and Samuel L. Jack, like, they had so much talent in this film and it showed.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh God. Yeah. There was so much talent on screen and the you action was so done much well.
2: Talent, you see so much talent in these other movies that we've listed that have been bad. Mm-hmm. And it just, just shows that something, I mean, yeah, some, it all depends on the film, the right, the screenplay, the way that the characters are being portrayed in by the director. Like yep. it, the ambiance, the cinematography, the soundtrack, all, all of that makes a film, not just the acting. Uh, they brought, like, everything brought the characters out even more so than they would have just by themselves.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's one of those films where, you know, I, there's usually like a written rule, and a lot of people say it in movies now, that if if there's if you look on a cover of a poster and there's three big names or more on on the poster... Usually it means stay away because usually those movies end up being a disaster because there's too much talent on screen and it just feels like they're all trying to make the movie theirs and it ends up backfiring. Mm-hmm. Um, but this film, there's three stars on the poster. Don't stay away from this one. This one not actually is really good. And Sam Jackson's character's not in the whole movie. So actually really it's, it's Keaton and Maggie Q mainly, but Sam Jackson comes in at the perfect moments.
2: Exactly. I have to agree with that.
1: Good balance, good written script. All in all, definitely worth the uh, worth the watch. This is this is. I don't. Th- do you want to put this on your best list? I mean, I think again, this is borderline as well. No, this isn't borderline. This is on my best of. Really. Mm-hmm. You know, I might have to watch it again, and and that might change I, this movie was really good. That might change. I I'm, I'm borderline at the moment, but that could change. Um, this one. Uh, I saw at the theater because it, it looked interesting. Um, the Night House. Did okay. you see any things for this? Mm-mm. Okay. This movie is another one of those films where the ending kind of ruins it. The ending makes it disappointing. Uh, the build up throughout was building up to something really good and I thought was going to be really twisty and in a, a shock. I guess in a way it kind of was but not in the way that I would have wanted to see it go, and the payoff ends up being kind of like, that's it? Th- that That's your explanation? That's it? So, to me, it's it's disappointing just based on the last 20 minutes alone.
2: Understandable, okay. So, where would you put this at?
1: Uh, This is, I, I'm not going to put it on the worst, because actually it was interesting up to that ending, so I would just say disappointing just based on the ending alone.
2: So, like how Godzilla vs. Kong was for me?
1: Probably. Probably right in the the same same realm, yeah. Okay. Alright, moving down the list. Uh, we've got Candyman. I did not see it, so this is all you.
2: I'm not gonna say a whole lot about this, um... It was what you expected. It was what me and you had talked about when we had seen trailers for it and what we discussed, what this film might be. Right. So based off that, I, I can't even put middle or I mean, I can't even say, you know, surprising or disappointing. I, somewhere in the middle for
1: me. OK, so not not necessarily bad, but just it didn't quite meet your expectations. No. OK. All right. Uh We enter into September, and right off the bat, we jump into Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Go ahead, Mike. You go first. Okay, so I didn't go into this with a lot of hope. Um, I I, I came into this this year after Black Widow. We saw trailers for Shang-Chi, and we saw trailers for Eternals. And I remember what I told you. I remember telling you that at least one of these two is going to end up being the first bust of the Marvel Universe. And and I was right, but it wasn't this film, but it was not this one. This one actually ended up being surprisingly good for me. Um, I didn't know anything about Shang-Chi, but I came out of it actually wanting to know more about Shang-Chi, which I think that was Marvel's idea of what they were trying to accomplish, and I think they succeeded at it.
2: I would like to go on record and apologize for all the negative things that I had said about (laughs) Shang-Chi. Uh, prior to actually watching it.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: I did not think it was a good choice before. I finally got to sit down and watch it, and I have to agree, this was very much above my expectations for how this film would have turned out.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: Best of? No. But it was a surprising hit to me.
1: Yeah, just like the, the, the way the action was done, choreographed, uh, the guy that played Shang-Chi, i never seen him before. He was very good. Um, I don't know how to pronounce her name. The one that plays the other female, she's in a lot of funny movies. She was in Crazy Rich Asians. or I think her name is. I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right. But... Uh, give me one second. Yeah, Aquafina. Everything she is in, she steals the movie. She is hilarious. She is likable. She's lovable. And it's the same thing in this film. And... To be honest with you, she steals the movie from him. Everything she does, every time she's in a scene with him, she steals every scene. Easily. Uh, I like her in everything. And I'm glad she's part of the MCU because she's that comic relief that probably is going to replace some of the other ones, other comic reliefs that we've gotten in the previous films. Because we are kind of lost all those characters by now, either by death or they're no longer a part of MCU because their contracts are up. No, I agree. Um, So yeah, this was surprisingly good, and uh, I actually am looking forward to seeing a sequel to this, or to see how he's going to figure into the big group. Uh, So... Same here,
2: especially considering, you know, the lore that we got, and everything about it, like, re-going back to the beginning of the MCU with Iron Man and everything, considering how... The Ten Rings were involved with Stark Industries there, too,
1: remember? And his kidnapping in the first mm-hmm. Iron Man it all connects, and I was shocked by that because I went back and I looked and I saw the poster for the Ten Rings behind him or the banner, and I'm like, holy shit, that all connects back to the first MCU film. That's awesome. Yep. So very, very good. Surprisingly good. Um, all right, going down the list a little bit. Um, not seeing anything standing out
2: I really didn't have any other standouts uh, for September really
1: no I'm down to the 17th nothing Uh, no there's nothing else in September that I've seen I don't think Uh -uh. so we go into October and two films right off the bat on October 1st we will start with Venom Let There Be Carnage Okay. Um I will just start out by saying I don't think it was better than the first film. It wasn't. Um and to be fair to it, uh Woody Harrelson was good. Woody Harrelson is gold in
2: most everything that he touches. Uh-huh. So yeah. let's be honest here. I can't picture anyone else playing that role.
1: No. No. The only thing that bothers me here is is that I felt like this film should have pl- been played a little bit more seriously than it was. It shouldn't have been as comedic as it was. Mm-hmm. Um, the film started out with Promise being a little dark by showing, uh, you know, the, kind of the origin story of, uh, of our carnage. But... Yeah. Then it, then it goes back into that comedic territory again, and it, and it kind of sticks with that. And I kind of have to wonder, like, why were they afraid to stick with the dark themes and in the, in the dark characters? And this film is also far too short. I agree. Yeah. I 100% agree. I think the movie clocks in before credits a little under an hour and a half, hour 27, hour 28, it's like 93 minutes total. Why is it so damn short?
0: I,
2: I, I don't have an answer for you, man. Um, worse of, no. Disappointment, yes.
1: Yeah, didn't quite live up to expectations at all. I, I, I felt disappointed walking out of it. Unfortunately. So,
2: the next film that was here on the same day. One that I have been looking forward to for a long time since they announced it, The Many Saints of Newark.
1: Yes, the Sopranos prequel movie. The movie we ended up seeing instead of Venom first, which I was very surprised we ended up doing. Um, Yeah, give me your thoughts on this. You and I talked about it a little bit after we had seen it. Uh, I know we had a lot of similar issues, especially with uh, with the ending and how they handled Tony Soprano.
2: I absolutely loved the movie.
1: Okay. Does the ending still bother you?
2: Does the ending still bother me? Yes. The ending still bothers me. But it doesn't change the fact that I still loved this film. This is on a borderline of where do I want to put this? Do I want to put this as just a surprising hit? Do I want to put this as one of my best Of I don't know.
1: Yeah, for me I'd put I put it as it was good, it was entertaining. Um I'm still scratching my head on 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 the whole Tony Soprano thing at the end. For anybody that hasn't seen it, don't listen to this part, but how Tony goes from that whole thing of he wants out to live a normal life and then all of a sudden, you know, he his uh is it his uncle? Is that who it is? No, it's not his yeah. uncle, but yeah. So And then he dies, and then all of a sudden he decides, oh, now I'm going to take it over. But there was no explanation as to why all of a sudden he had this change of heart.
2: Exactly. There really wasn't.
1: And unless we get, uh, which I think from what I've heard, HBO does plan on continuing the story in a series. Uh, Whether uh, the Gandolfini son will continue Tony in that, we don't know yet. Um, I'm hoping that he does at least a little bit.
2: If it's Uh, the series, I doubt it. Yeah, if I would turn into a series. I doubt that they're going to do
0: that.
1: I, I would like to see him at least make an appearance to kind of see a little bit more of his transformation into Tony Soprano, just so we maybe get a little bit more added on to the end of that movie. Because I feel like that the end of that movie doesn't give me the impression of the Tony Soprano that starts the series. Fair enough. So we'll see. But yeah, I'd say it was still good. All right. So, oh boy, we're coming
2: to the one. Yeah. From here. Let's go down our list.
1: October 8th. Oh
2: yep, here we go. Let's get to it.
1: All right. Uh, Daniel Let's the off. Daniel Craig's Final Adventures 007. Boy, I had and so much hype for the this. La-
2: and possibly the last 007 film we've seen. Uh,
1: who knows at this point, but I had so much hype for this film. I was a huge Daniel Craig film. Casino Royale ended up becoming one of my favorite Bond films of all time. Um. I came into this with high expectations that, you know, he was going to get the ending he deserved. And watching throughout this film, I was like, OK, I like this. I like this. I like this. As we were getting into the third act, um, I thought the villain was a little weak. Rami Malek was still good, but I thought that, you know, Blofeld and in Sky in a Spectre was still better for a final villain for, for Craig. But then we get to the last five to ten minutes. Spoiler alert, James Bond's dead. Yes. So, throughout the story, we find out that Bond did, in fact, have a daughter with Madeline Swan. And I'm thinking, oh, he's finally going to get that happy ending he's been looking for since Casino Royale. He's going to be able to retire from the service, be able to have Madeline as, as, as his girlfriend, his wife, and have his have his daughter. No. What the film does is it cheats us of that rips that from us, gives him an empty, sacrificial death, just so we can put the exclamation point or the period on Daniel Craig that he can't come back anymore. What the actual fuck? Pardon my French. This film angers me so much that I can't even consider Casino Royale one of my favorite Bond films anymore. I literally threw my Daniel Craig Bond films off my shelf and it's sitting someplace in the house because I can't even stand to look at them. I will not even watch that end film ever again. Pierce Brosnan's back to being my favorite Bond. This is how bad it is for me. This film stuck with me for weeks because I was so disappointedly angry at the choice of killing him off that way, especially in that way.
2: So you thought it was good, huh?
1: No. <laughs> now, it is not fair to me to put this on the worst film of 2021, but the reason why I will is because of the poor story choices on how they handle James Bond's arc. For that alone, I'm putting it on that list. Because I can't watch it again. I agree.
2: Nowhere now- near as much Venom spewing you, F- uh, but I have to agree this is probably
1: on my list of worst of. That's my rant for the uh, for the month. I'm yeah. sure there's going to be more, but we'll get to that. We'll we get more, to it. But that's my rant for the month. Okay, let's go down to something that that's a little bit better, a little bit more positive in a way.
2: Yeah, Halloween kills started off. Again, I, I the with how they are doing these trio of Halloween films, these uh, remakes, essentially, or the continuation of the original series from Jamie Lee Curtis being the main heroine in the first few films. Mm-hmm. Masterfully brilliant. I have some issues with some of the pacing, some of the just... Wanton violence that wasn't really necessarily needed in the film, Mm -hmm. but it's what you come to expect from a horror movie, especially considering one that was, you know, done in a Halloween franchise, but the way that they're handling Michael Myers and Jamie Lee Curtis's stories in this series is really good.
1: Yeah, I, I appreciated the way the uh, the film began showing us kind of like what uh, the way they shot it, making it look like the previous films, the the, the the way the color tone was, how they were able to get Loomis in there. It was not the actor that actually played Loomis, but he looks a lot like him, and I swear to God I thought it was him at first until after the movie I read on the Internet that it wasn't him at all. They didn't, like, digitally create him, you know? I thought that was excellent how they did that. Um, the only issue I really had with the film is uh, was kind of the ending. Um. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of this, I thought, was based in realism and we were getting away from, from Michael Myers being this supernatural-esque creature or or figure. And it seems like they're going back to that route. Um, I'm scratching my head as to why we had to go that route. So I'm going to be curious to see how the last one, Halloween Ends, is going to somehow write themselves out of this and, and, and end the series the way they're supposed to, I guess, in this last film coming up.
2: Well, we'll have to wait and see what happens with that. But this was a surprising hit to me.
1: It was still, yeah, it was still good. Uh, I'm definitely excited to see how it's all going to come to an end. Uh, same here. Okay, so moving down into near the end of September, we have one that's the movie that I am buying on 4K tomorrow. No question about it. Dune is Dune.
2: Up there on my best of list.
1: Yes, this is going on my best of list. this, this is the, this is the movie that I'm surprisingly going on my best of list. I liked the trailers, it looked it looked interesting, um, but not a film that I thought was going to reach the top. And actually, I've seen the movie twice now. The first time I watched it, I thought, this is really, really good. The second time I watched it, I enjoyed it more, and I was like, wow, this really is a good science fiction Does film. Does
2: this feel like this has the potential to be something like the next Star Wars franchise, like uh, people were saying?
1: Um, I wouldn't even say Star Wars because it's still radically different, but I guess if, if we're talking about in the sense of it has that franchise potential to have some scale and scope and some depth, uh, yeah, in that way I do, yeah. I agree. But I'm really excited for Dune 2, I think we're getting that either, I think in, uh, I don't know if it's next year or 2024, but we are getting Dune, Dune Chapter 2, so, um, I'm excited for that, and I'm really curious to see, because I know, um, Uh, Martin, who was also on our show, if you didn't see him on the first episode, he was on last, last episode, but he, uh, he has all the books. Jason, our other buddy, our other, other buddy, other Jason, he, uh, he read the books. So he was telling Martin and I a little bit about it. And, you know, we were trying to tell him not to tell us everything, so we want to be surprised. But some of the things that I heard that, that this direction, this film goes in, I'm like, wow, this is going to be really cool. And I really want to see where this is all going to go. Mm hmm. So yes, this is definitely on the best of, best of list, and this is right near the top of the best of list. I have to agree. Okay, so I think that does that end October? I think so for me, but for you.
2: That's all I'm looking for right now to see. We won't even get into paranormal activity because that's just a bad move series at this point. That got I... the, the saw treatment a long time
1: ago. I, f- I, f- I figured that probably was not going to be good. It didn't look all that appealing from the trailers that I saw. Um, We go into November now. Okay. Well, I can't comment on this one, so I have not seen it yet, but based on everything I've heard, The Eternals is really not all that good, and it, might, and it actually, based on Rotten Tomatoes, is the first official dud of the Marvel Universe.
2: This is on um, my word of...
1: So you did see it. Mm-hmm. So it is bad. Yeah, it is not good. So what? What about it? So it bad. Doesn't, like
0: this? it's
2: hit like a two hundred million dollar budget. I mean, it hit a four hundred one point seven million in the box office. It's a little success. But it's just the acting, the cinematography didn't feel right to me. Just. How they did everything about this film, it didn't feel like really a Marvel film to me.
1: From the trailers, it didn't look like it was really a Marvel film, other than a few references they were throwing in there in the trailers.
2: Yeah, it was not good by any means. Like It was so disappointing that it warranted being put on the worst of list for me.
1: So, since I haven't seen it, so would you say that it needs to still be put into my Marvel collection, or should I just not watch it, avoid it, and just pretend it doesn't exist?
2: I would watch it just because of the fact it's a Marvel movie. Like, it warrants having to be watched as angry as it would make me, but I don't know if it would be
1: one I would go back to. So, would you say that maybe I should purchase it, like, when it goes on sale for Black Friday? Yeah. To add it to the collection? Okay. That that's fair enough. Okay, all right. Um, going back down the list a little bit more. Um, okay, I saw th- I saw this one, November nineteenth. Don't know if you've seen this, but Ghostbusters Afterlife.
2: I did not see this one yet.
1: Okay, so you and I discussed this. the The, the trailers I felt like did not do a very good job of selling this movie to make it appealing. I, I really agree. didn't. Um, the only reason why I still wanted to see it is I knew that the original Ghostbusters were going to be in this and that it was supposed to be a truly Ghostbusters three. Um, and after seeing it, it was truly a Ghostbusters three. It honored the late Harold Rames, and it did it in such a great way. I mean, what okay. they did to him in the final act and how they bring the Ghostbusters back for those moments is really cool and how they tie it all together. It definitely was a worthy successor to Ghostbusters one and two. Really? It was. Different, different, but it makes sense as to why. Understandable. Okay, then. So, yeah, this is a surprisingly good addition to 2021. I might have to give it a check out, then. Um, going down the list. Okay, September 24th. Resident Evil, Welcome to Raccoon City. I did not watch this one yet, either. Okay, I will talk about it without going into too many spoilers, then. Um... I will say this is another surprisingly good addition to the year. Uh, this is very much a worthy, uh, a worthy film to the games. It it definitely honors it. There's a lot of references, um, and just how they do the set pieces, the story structure. It's very much true. And uh, I mean, I'm 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 not going to say necessarily that I enjoyed it as much as some of the Mila Jovovich ones because. Those to me are a little bit are a little bit better just because um I like the way they handled some things in in those films even though they weren't true to the games as much mm-hmm. and it's not fair either because the Jovovich films there's six of those films and there's only one of these. So if this does turn into a franchise, then we can start playing the comparison game but one film versus six, it's very hard to do but if I had to say Jovovich Resident Evil One to this one, I mean, Milo Jovovich's Resident Evil first film would still be better than this one, overall. Okay. But this is still a good film. Uh, it's cheesy at times. The acting's maybe a little over the top, I will say that. This is a basically a B-movie with an A-movie kind of feel, but at the same time, it has, still has B-movie sets and effects. But somehow, I can't imagine a Resident Evil film being any, any better than a B-movie, because I think it works better as a B-movie than it does a high-budget A-movie just okay. works for the for the story. But yeah, definitely see it. All right. All right. We'll definitely have to give it a try then. So last month of the year, into December.
2: What are uh, you seeing for December
1: here? Uh, not much. Before uh, we get in... into
2: the obvious.
1: Yeah, nothing before Spider-Man. No.
2: All right. Let's jump into it. Consir- we right. don't have much to discuss about this considering we just got
1: done Doing a podcast about it. Over a close to two-hour discussion on this, so there's not much to say here that we already haven't discussed other than this is a fantastic Marvel film, this is a fantastic Spider-Man film, this is easily one of, one of the best Marvel films. and This is the best Marvel film. We won't get into that. That still has not changed, in my opinion, but, you know, to each their own. Um, but this, this Spider-Man film sets up a lot, though. And I feel like after after seeing this movie twice, there are parts of this that are setting up a third Andrew Garfield film there is there are which so is many Easter eggs great I uh, yeah and I and I am firm believing based on what we're hearing online that Tom Hardy's venom is in Andrew Garfield's universe which would make a whole lot of sense
2: no it definitely would um yeah easily best of
1: yeah this is on the best of list no question about it. Um. So yeah, if you want to hear more about that, watch our pod or listen to our podcast. It's two hours of all Spider-Man talk. We won't even dig deep into this because we already went through this. Okay. So I believe uh, for me, this will be the final film that I've seen of the year. How about for you? Anything else before we talk about this one in particular? Hopefully, you've seen it.
2: Let's get into it.
1: The Matrix Resurrections. So you did see it.
2: This is heading straight towards the bottom of the barrel for me. Yeah. And that is such an angry thing for me to say. When I walk out of a Matrix film, or when I watch a Matrix film and I get, after I finished it, every movie that I had seen so far before this one had left me with the sense of, you know, I can't wait to watch the next one. Or leave me with questions like, okay, so at the, like at the end of Revolutions, all right, what happened to Neo? What are we going to see from here? What, what are they going to do with these characters? How is this going to play out? I, I just kept having more questions and I wanted answers to. But it was one of those, like I was excited answers. Like I wanted to keep watching and try and dissect it and figure it out. This I one know. I p-
1: probably never watch again. The only thing that this film did right for me, and it's, it, it righted it the wrong of Neo's death, but uh, the thing of it is here, I couldn't help when I was watching this that there was a better movie here somewhere. There was a much better movie in here somewhere. And some of the directions that they went with this, I'm kind of scratching my head like as to why. And it almost felt like a Matrix movie that was playing things too safe.
2: I agree, um, and especially considering that from the discussions we've heard from uh, Keanu Reeves and uh, Lana Wachowski and a couple other people, mm. it, there really is no real desire to make another movie from here.
1: Well, to be honest, based on this movie ends, I don't really see where they could go at this point. I mean... Neo and Trinity are a lie. We basically are finding out that Trinity is now also like Neo, where she's kind of like the female one. We have the one and the female one, which to me, I can't help but feel like that they did this on purpose because, you know, the world has changed a lot since the other Matrix films. Was this done because, you know, feminism's kind of become this big thing today with PC culture? Is this why they did it? Because that's what it feels like. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, um,
2: and I've got box office numbers here for you.
1: Not, they're not good i know this
2: yeah 190 million dollar budget for this film and it, it has brought in a whopping total of 124.6 million this film has lost almost 70 million in the box office yeah there
1: ain't gonna be a fifth film if if, if, if there was any question about it that the box office numbers will basically tell you all you need to know yeah exactly I mean, am I happier with the way that, 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 with the ending? Sure, because I'm happy Neo's alive and Trinity's alive. I'm happy with that. That's great. But, and even the explanation of how they came back is fine. I, I'll, I'll buy that. But I can't help but thinking like, why did the whole movie have to be about him getting Trinity out of the Matrix? This this movie is not even about the machines or the war on the machines at all. Like the the new the new place that they're all living. Was never even attacked by the machines, which I was waiting for, and that never happened.
2: Well, the machine war, like they had said near the beginning of the film, like the machine war ended sixty years prior to this.
1: Yeah, but there were still so, machines that were bad, so I was thinking, hmm, there's gonna the ones that are bad are gonna attack here because something what they're doing with getting Trinity out is gonna backfire on them. Um but, you know, it kind of comes down to this. The Matrix Resurrections felt like a final film because we had two grand epic final sequences, the attack on Zion and the Smith vs. Neo fight. Okay? Yeah. That felt like a final film. If this does not feel like a final film... I agree. This feels like they want to tell more of a story, but yet it's not an interesting one to tell.
2: Not at all. Uh, this was really, really
1: bad. This was just very disappointing. This actually, minus the 007 film, at least the 007 film was only disappointing up until the ending. This probably was the real, truly disappointing film because I had very high hopes for this and it just did not live up to any of it. Mm Mm-hmm. Bring on John Wick 4, please. I need more Keanu that's... Good? ...a strong story, yeah, because John Wick's going going, going in the positive direction. Here's The Matrix going down. Here's John Wick going up. I agree.
0: We need, we need, we need think, good I piano they, movies.
1: I think Keanu was
2: just done with dealing with the matrix after a certain point. And then, you know, the fact that he was kind of
1: brought into this almost felt like he just didn't care to give it his all. Well, it just felt as though this film was just made too little too late. Mm-hmm. This movie probably should have been made maybe 8 to 10 years ago. At least. At least. Yeah. We've seen too many movies that have been like the matrix so it's kind of like we've gotten to the point where now it's not surprising anymore there's nothing new they can bring to it no matter what they try
2: all right mike so we've hit the end of the year here
1: we did forget one movie and i can't i don't know how we missed it and we did a podcast on it and it's one of the best of the year and that's last night in soho i don't know how we did missed we it. Miss it we missed it somewhere where did we miss this I was just thinking about it. I'm like, wait a minute. That movie came out this year. October, right? Let me That doesn't make sense. It's not coming up on on the Wikipedia list. Why? It's like the movie doesn't exist. Wow. Well, it exists in my mind and it exists and it is
0: truly good.
1: Yeah, it is came it, out uh, October 29th. Yeah, this is easily one of the best of the year. Easily, very high up there.
2: All right. So, and we already did a podcast on this, so we really won't get into that film yep. either. Listen
1: to that. So to now that.
2: we go into our final thoughts. What do you? What would you say is your worst five?
1: Uh okay. So. I'm going to go with uh, these two to start off the list, and that's, of course, a Space Jam and New Legacy and Don't Breathe 2. So what's your what's your first two on the worst list?
2: Space Jam and New Legacy and Matrix Resur- Re- uh, Resurrections.
1: Yeah, uh, that goes down my list. As I get down the list a little bit more, my last three are, are disappointing, and that would be 007, No Time to Die, Matrix Resurrections, and The Little Things.
2: 007, No Time to Die. Uh, Give me a second here. I will be able to give you more answers. So we had the Space Jam movie. We had Matrix. We had 007. I know I had more to list here. Uh, Eternals. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, I haven't seen it, but I have a feeling that would be on my worst disappointing list.
2: And uh, there's so many choices that I can put in here. Um, I'd probably have to say "Don't Breathe" too.
1: Okay. All right. So my bad,
2: my bad. Not "Don't Breathe" too.
1: The Suicide Squad. Oh. Okay. Yeah. All right, so uh, let's give uh, – we've listed off a lot of best ofs. So we won't go down through that list again. So let's, let's do our top five best of 2020 2021. No specific order, just the five best in any order.
2: Last Night in Soho, Spider-Man No Way Home. Um, give me one second here. Spider-Man Last Night in Soho. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, you go ahead
1: and list yours first, Mike. Okay. Um, no specific order. Uh, Last Night in Soho, Dune, uh, Spider-Man, Free Guy, and my fifth and final one, I'm going to go with Zack Snyder's Justice League.
2: I think I'm going to have to agree with you on that list. We mean you might differ on the order. It's no specific order. I know. But so, I mean, you might differ on our order of them, mm-hmm. but I do have to agree that those are probably the top five for me as well.
1: Yeah, I, that, that's a pretty easy That's a pretty easy thing to do because th- those five films there were just so good. And th- those are the five films that will make 2021 stand out in film. Oh, I agree. And so will the worst ones, unfortunately.
2: But, all right, so with that, uh, folks, we're looking forward to hopefully getting our Supernatural podcast uh, going up here soon.
1: Next couple weeks, I would think we'll start out with our first episode, something like that. Before the end of the month, I'm hoping. We're
2: hoping before the end of the month. We're also hoping that we're going to get back um, a couple of our missing members as well.
1: Yeah, one kind of went MIA, Dan English. We haven't heard anything from him. Uh, Alistair Engelhart, we're looking to probably get back here soon, I hope, because uh, he was away because he had the uh, the birth of his new baby and uh, and stuff. And so we're hoping to get him back here soon to rejoin the group. Dan English, if, if you're still listening to the podcast, we still want you back, man. We want you back on the show. You know, uh, make it a six-man crew. We miss having your discussions.
2: Exactly, uh, but look forward to us having the supernatural beginning of our supernatural perspective or uh, retrospective going on. Yeah. From there, uh, there really isn't a whole lot to discuss. Um, like me and Mike again, what we talked about and one of our prior episodes of this show here discuss our other uh, podcast, me and him do. Uh, for mm-hmm. Dog Pound Nation, and um, we apologize if anybody that's following this pay, uh, podcast listens to that one as well. We just haven't been able to recover from um, them essentially copyright strike or copyright striking us.
1: Yeah, but we will we will for sure return next season uh, with with the podcast. We'll just get everything back and, and relaunched. Uh, of course, we'll come back probably around the NFL draft again in April for our next NFL draft episode. Um, and then we go from there with the preseason and such. So on the schedule release, uh, so look out for that. Um, also, too, like I said, beginning beginning of the episode last week, the the brand name has changed. We were Lights Camera Action Entertainment reviews. We are now Lights Camera Action Entertainment, kind of expanding a little bit outside the podcast with the written reviews. Um, Martin and I discussed uh, with our with our gaming streams combining that into a Lights Camera Action product. So basically. He has his gaming streams. I have mine. They're two separate names, but there will be videos on our Lights Camera Action YouTube that'll combine our gaming streams, so you can look at our side by side gaming streams. So we're doing that, and a lot of other things too. Uh, we're hoping to do with the brand. But uh, thanks everybody for you know for being loyal followers and stuff too. If you listen and subscribe to the podcast, uh, we really appreciate it. We're always looking no, we for really more. We
2: appreciate it so much. We Please, do. Uh, we say this every time. Send us your ideas of what you would like us to cover.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, follow us. Give us the ideas. Let us know what you want to hear, what you think of the show. Uh, maybe what you want to see us maybe do with the brand to expand a little bit. We're always up for more ideas. I've been thinking about possibly getting a, uh, a Patreon done for the podcast to try to maybe help fund us to do different things to improve the brand, um, which would be kind of cool as well. And uh, take some uh, donations, any amount is of any help. Uh, once we get that up and running, uh, it'll be on our Facebook page and we'll let you know on the next podcast, how that's going. If you're interested in, uh, contributing.
2: One of the things that we discussed was, um, getting a office space together that we'd be able to rent out a building or something small like that, that we'd be able to get so that we'd have the group of us all together, getting a true podcast setup going, uh, having like the cameras, the boom mics for all of us getting a line together where you have be able to have people calling in.
1: Yeah. the uh, We want to be able to do that all in one room. Jeremy Larson would be the hardest one to get because he lives out of state. But at the very least, if Alistair comes back, uh, you know, Jason, me, uh, Alistair, and Martin, you know, we all live in the same area. So at least the four of us could get together and be able to be in the same room. And then Jeremy could still vo- join us virtually, even if he could come out and he could even be a part of one or two occasionally would be would be awesome but either way it would be fun to do that and hopefully by then the brands really expanded and it becomes even more professional that's the hope
2: exactly but yes yeah, so again uh like Mike said we thank you guys so much for being loyal to us the ones who are listening into this right now ones who have been listening into us since we our inception uh, like you said we're just constantly looking to expand at this point get our Always. names out there hopefully get noticed by some of these companies you never know what could happen uh, what the future may hold uh but with that again like we said look forward to our supernatural retrospectives starting up here hopefully by the end of the month um with that ladies and gentlemen thank you for another joining us for another episode of lights camera action entertainment uh i am jason kvasik along here with mike winkler and that's a wrap cut and print
1: Thank you for listening to this episode of our podcast, and coming later this month, we begin our Supernatural Retrospective as we cover seasons one through three, and then the other seasons following. To find out more info about our site and our podcast, go to lcareviews.com. Thank you for listening to the Lights, Camera, Action, Entertainment Podcast.